This is a podcast from Minute Media. Oh. <laughs> it would be a wolf, but eh? Hello, 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 and welcome to today's episode of Wolves Fancast. Rich Hobbs here joining me on this pretty dour evening yet again. Um, We've got Stu and Gully. How are we both, lads? Glorious. (laughs) Stu Stu can't wait for these um, episodes after we've lost. I I, I feel like he's a bit of a... he's, he's He's got this kind of sadomasochistic kind of, yes, we've lost, I can get stuck into him now. Come on, boys. <laughs> so, what are you going to say, Stu? Misrepresentation again. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we'll we'll talk about um, West Ham, which, you know, w- was pretty dismal from start to finish, to be honest. But we'll see if we can pick out any of the, um, any of the fun nuggets from it. But we'll also look at February as a whole um, and what could potentially be a bit of a season-defining month within it but also you know we'll we'll leave behind winter and we'll look forward to spring um as we go and preview the games we've got coming up in march (sighs) right let's get right into it and talk about the game yesterday um but one thing i really wanted to draw wasn't actually as my usual thing would say oh how did you feel an hour beforehand no no no. how did you feel at 20 to 11 last night when you're watching match for day two because I'm assuming you both watched match for day two. When you saw um, the lineup graphic they did for Wolves, <laughs> which they had us lined up in a 3 3 1 3 formation with um, Dendonka as a number 10. Um, I'll it, confess I didn't I did not watch much of the day two because uh, I did not I did not need to see those highlights again but <laughs> I should have just for this this is this is exceptional work from whoever put this up it's golf croquet golf crooksesque isn't it you know what it is they they thought you know what they're probably not going to reel in the numbers today so let's just have a bit of fun with it. You know, the models are to put Jose Sar up top by looking at, by the looks of it. Like, I mean, the formation is one of those. It, you know how we had um, last week. Um, it was the twenty second of February twenty two. So it was a um, ambigram, and um, it worked back to front as well. It's sort of like that with this formation in theory. It could have worked either way. Um, but yeah, I mean, away from the bizarre formation, the the beep had us in uh, quite a lot of changes from. Uh, the defeat to Arsenal, um, Silva, Trincao, um, Hoover, then Duncan Marcel all came in. I mean, the reported reason behind a lot of those was sort of player fatigue. Um, we we talked, um, Stu, hadn't we, in the preview uh, to this mm. game that we were expecting changes. Did you expect that many and in that sort of formation as well? Well, not in our formation. Not, 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 yeah, no, in the 3-4-3 three, three, that, you know, actually did kind of happen. Um, well, we, like you said, we, we kind of touched on this um, last week and that something would have to give because they'd be absolutely knackered 
both mentally and physically because of what happened on Thursday night. So it was hardly a surprise, but I think we've been saying for, I always said at the time, it was crying out for a three-man midfield. I, I honestly thought he'd do it against West Ham just because of what happened and then for it to not happen and then to have Den Donker in a two again, which has been proven not to work all season long. Um, it was a worry. I mean, Hoover, we'll get into Hoover, but there's not much choices, there, unfortunately. Um, well, I was going to say, bit... you know, the choice would have been between Hoover, who hasn't played in a couple of months, and Johnny, who's played half an hour in 10 months. I mean, G- Gully, but what would you, would you have gone Hoover? Yeah, I, I, I tweeted in the build that to be honest, that I'd, I'd have been more than happy for Hoover to start. Uh, I think in the context of the whole team, is where things started to kind of fall down a little bit. I mean, if I take myself to when I saw the lineup, I was intrigued by it rather than down in the doldrums or, you know, totally negative. But I just feel like everyone who came into play kind of suffered as a result of everybody else that came in. There were too many changes. I expected it because we we looked a bit shattered against them. against Arsenal, and I think mentally it took a lot out of the players, but not like that, Bruno. Don't change it like that. Yeah, because like every change, apart from maybe Trincao, I think you we we probably almost championed, and, and maybe then Donker as well. That we know we knew Samedo wasn't going to start because of the injury, so we knew that was going to happen. Ain't Nori doesn't seem to have the legs at the moment to consistently play. 90 minutes week in week out for you know a really big duration of time and I, I could understand why you'd have that bit of rotation as well Martino just came back from injury and yeah I can see why you'd bring Donkey and I'd have maybe Stu sort of suggest you know three-man midfield would you give Kundal another go in the midfield we've talked about Jimenez um needing a bit of time out the side which happened and I can understand why he kept Wang in because Large seems to rate him, to be honest, and he seems to get the most chances for us, unlike any of our other forward line. The only one I think was the sticking point was Podence, but again, you could probably argue a bit of fatigue as well, couldn't you? Yeah, and I think it, I mean, we'll bring it in there because I mean, I, I tweeted after the game, about an hour after the game, after I'd calmed down, um, that it's a bit weird how we've suddenly turned awful since we've got a, a full squad of players to choose from when. When we only had 11 and two goalkeepers on the bench, it was like, okay, needs must. Everyone knuckle down together. And then Spears kind of did a whole article on this same phenomenon that's happened. And maybe because we were forced into things beforehand, playing your first 11, regardless of how shattered they are, um, would have worked better than changing half of the team in one fell swoop after after three days. Who knows? But- you wonder... If, you wonder if the Samedo injury kind of spooked him a little bit because if mm. he was on the edge, on yeah. the edge of um, his fatigue levels, they played him and and an hour really he, he pulls up with a muscle injury, then they're probably gonna hunker down and decide, okay, we're not putting anybody else at risk. I mean, I spent an entire thread explaining that Pedence was basically undroppable um, after the Arsenal game. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bruno yeah. decides that, yeah, I was entirely wrong about it. But I think in in the fullness of time, I've been proven right. <laughs> so I was going to say, if, if we can't hope then that this game was a case of us 
losing the battle, but hopefully going on to win a war scenario. Because let's be honest, the, the team that played did not. I was going to say did not play. They didn't turn up. It felt almost from start to finish. We we were second best to everything. And if it wasn't for you know, ha- having a very solid goalkeeper, this could have been a different story, in my opinion. Because even our defence, that back three, you have been so stalwart the last, um, well, six months. Again, just didn't have that same intensity we've seen from play with. Yeah, it was it was too much disruption. It was just they just didn't know what they were doing, <laughs> and that's what that's what it looked like. And for that much of a rotation, when we've never had that all season long, you can kind of understand why. So it's even though the that back three are the same, you've got the players either side of them are different. Mm. You've got the players up front are different, who they launch balls to all the time. So where's the outlet coming from? Um, I just think it was just a complete shambles from start to finish, and. You can't really put any blame on anyone because they were all collectively awful together, like Gully said. Um, yeah, I, th- I think. We, but there's. We... Sorry, go on, Steve. Go. On. No, I was going to say. So you can't kind of you can understand why the back three would be more um, more leaky than they usually are because of the sheer amount of changes in front of them is going to have an effect. Yeah, I think we've we've got this kind of mentality that we need to pick out individuals we we've probably done it ourselves where we will give player ratings you know on the Forza football app at some point and, and i'm sure you'll, you'll flag it up at some point rich that you know each individual player has played to a certain level individually but it's, it's just not the way that football works everybody affects everybody else that's just you know it's impossible to not be that way so when when someone says things like "Oh, Keanu Herver is not fit to play at Premier League level," it's just a really no. strange, silly statement. No, but it, it it is because I think if if Herver comes into that team that started at Arsenal, I don't think you see the same performance from him personally. No. I think you, you, because he has players around him that are willing to take responsibility. When you look at the starting lineup against West Ham, you can count probably Cody, Neves, Silva. Fabio, that that is, who will actually stand up and take a bit of responsibility when to, when it comes to making things happen. Players like Pedence will get on the ball, make things happen. Jimenez to an extent. Everybody that started that game on the periphery of it, when you think of Huang and Trincao, Marcel, Herva, they're all players who are probably going to look around and look to other people, then Don Criswell, look to other people to say, okay, you're the main man here. I need you to... I mean, to kind of piggyback on the back of your performance and then things might happen for me. I'm not going to grab this game by the of the neck. And that's what that's what ended up happening. Yeah, I, I completely agree. A lot of the players that came in um, are quite passive players by nature to a, to a degree. Like they're influenced by the game rather than they influence the game. Whereas you say, uh, I can understand why a core of our players were on the bench and may I just say actually our bench I think um Tom in the group chat said is this the strongest bench Wolves have ever had at, at, you know in Premier League history for a club like I mean obviously half of them were, were knackered <laughs> but um you know you're right it, you know Matinho you know pr- prime someone who will you know if you're in a bit of a tricky spot give him the ball and we just didn't yeah no, no one seemed to sort of 
seemed to know what the game plan was and whether that was a case of the turnaround between games, the the mental, the physical fatigue or what. But we seem to struggle. Um, my own sort of viewpoint is, uh, do you think we're not necessarily giving West Ham all that much credit as well? Because they did things throughout the game as well that made it difficult for Wolves. Um, you know, it, it was highlighted on match of the day. Um, and the fact how deep their wingers were and, you know, essentially pay, uh, didn't allow Wolves wing backs to push forward. I don't know if that was a case of, you know, the Wolves wing backs weren't effective in general or whether, West, you know, we, me and you, Gully, we talk about it quite a lot, but, you know, there's two sides to a football game, isn't there? Um, do you think I, West Ham deserve a decent amount of credit apart from, you know, to make us more dismal? I think, I think, we all, we should all get used to the idea that we're a very well respected football team within the Premier League now. Um, you don't hear many teams talk about our weaknesses in any way. Um, they're always of the impression that they're going to get a tough game, and I'd still say West Ham will tell you that they had a relatively tough game to an extent. You know, they only they only won one nil um, at the end of the day, and they weren't. Mm. I don't think West Ham were particularly brilliant. They didn't have to be, but um, I also don't think there's too much to pick between our squad and West Ham's either, really. Um, they've got one outstanding player in probably Declan Rice, who is it was by far and away the best player on the pitch. Um, but when you've got, you know, Nicole Antonio looks knackered. Um, I mean, he still managed to have a bit of a run around up top, but he... He's not. He's not a striker that I think people make him out to be to an extent. He's. He's. He's just. He's. He's off it a little bit at the moment. So they don't look. They're not as threatening as, as I think we allowed them to be. And it feels like an opportunity missed that we didn't go full strength and and, and really have a good go at them. I, th- I think as well that for the second time in three days, it's a team who kind of got things from the original game against us earlier in the season. I know it was mm. a long time bet- between this one and the, the first game against West Ham, but you see how we lined up against them then, and it was pretty much the same game plan. And then nullified us this time, whereas before, we took the, took the game to them, Nevers and Matinho bossed Declan Royce at Molyneux. Whereas this time it was, yeah, I know it's Dendonka this time, but they had, a, they had a game plan to stifle us, which again was why I was saying three-man midfield, just to mix it up a bit, because... We've played half the season pretty much with three four three as the predominant predominant um, starting lineup. So to go with something different might have worked. But there's a bit Declan Rice, Catman Zuma was superb. I thought as well, annoyingly. Um, to be fair, he he the ball literally gravitated to him around the box, didn't it? It just it just felt like anything Fabio tried to do was getting blocked by him. Yeah, I think that's that's probably why all the all the idiots have been slagging Silver off over the last twenty four hours just because he was he was made to look ineffective to some extent because of how good Zuma was against him. And he's humongous. He's yeah. he's humongous, hmm. like he's massive. But for him to play that well, you're looking from the other way around. For him to have to play that well against Fabio Silva kind of shows how much pressure he was put under over and over again. So he was, yeah. Yeah. Um I don't want to necessarily go through every play on the pitch um, 
regarding Wolves, but I think Fabio Silva's one I want to pick out just because there's been a lot of rhetoric online as you've alluded to, Stu. I personally thought he was okay. Obviously, no one played great, but you could at least see he was willing to do the extra work to create things, even if it wasn't quite coming off. I mean, were you happy with how he did on, um, how he did on Sunday? I, mean, I was... I thought he put himself about more than Raul as in a whole month. Mm. <laughs> you know, he, nothing really came of it because of everyone else around him, but he never shied away from it. He always wanted the ball and he was always, he was always looking for that run. But whenever he tried something, there was no, like they showed on Masterday too, there was no one around him. And yeah. he, had ne- he had no support all day. He was bat- he, it was three on one against him, pretty much from start to finish. And like, what, what's the kid to do? <laughs> And I, I just don't understand where all this nonsense has come from. Because, I mean, I, I had a proper dickhead behind me. It was, it was one of them where, from pretty much from kickoff, as soon as anyone lost the ball, oh, come on, fuck's sake, and all this. And, and there were certain players, I'd never do it, and you're like, oh, come on, Ruben, you're better than that, son. And then as soon as then Duncan did it, you're fucking shit. Like, he, he was a proper favourite kind of lad. And obviously Trinkow got the, the brunt of it because, as is the way. Um, but as soon as Trinkow went off... Silver got it. He hadn't got it all game, but as soon as he, 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 he had to have another target, and that's kind of like where it's been online as well, that people have to point, they have to have someone to blame all times. It's just bizarre. But it feels like a weird person to blame in Fabio Silva, because... He's, if, he's just if next was, in line, eh? Yeah, and he strikes me as someone, Gully, I don't know what your thoughts are. He needs to have probably because he's not that experienced. He needs to have players around him and particularly good players. And, you know, Huang was ineffective. Trincao was anonymous and we had no backing up from midfield. Yeah. It, it, like I said, the starting lineup was not particularly helpful to a number of the players because they were all chucked in at once. When you think mm. about the forward line, and this is the kind of trade-off that we're in at the moment with with four three four three. When we play Raul, Bruno seems to like him dropping in and, and linking up play with the midfield. We then lose something in front um, unless Wang is playing. I think who's going to make those kind of diagonal runs? But but then when you start Fabio, who is going to play on the shoulder a little bit more, he almost kills Wang a little bit because they're almost going to end up making the same type of runs. Trincao is just there, kind of floating around not really doing much either way. Um, so unless you get, I think, another forward in there, we're, we're basically in a compromise situation all the time because without Fabio, clearly we weren't going to hold on to the ball. With Fabio, sorry, clearly we weren't going to hold on to the ball in the, the pockets with Trincao and Huang. They're not good enough to do it. Anytime you play the ball with Huang, up to Huang with his back to goal, he loses it. Like that is just absolutely, yeah. you know, you can put money on it. Um, He's got a two yard touch, hasn't he? Exactly. Exactly. But then when you play Raul, nobody's going to make a run running behind unless Wang is there. And, and, and even then it's, it's a bit hit and miss with him because he's not a player who he flits in and out of games. He's not going to be a constant menace. Um, so that to then blame Fabio just because he's been chucked in, to a scenario where, I mean, if you saw that lineup against Norwich in the cup, you'd have just treated it as like, oh, it's a, it's a rotation team, isn't it? Like he's he's giving people a game, and and that's what you expect in a cup match. But 
because it's a Premier League game, people are treating it like, oh, well, this is this is the level you need to be at right this moment, right at this point, and you know you should be performing immediately. It's just it, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, and I think. Gosh, sorry. So that's why we always get so pissed off with cup games as well, because when, when teams do rotate like this, it never, ever works because there's too much. And so to, so to do it in a Premier League game is just bizarre. I don't, Ke- Keanu Hervey is basically asked to come and play once every three months and expect, expect him to reach the levels of Samedo. Like, yeah. who, on this, who, who on this planet actually expects that from him? Seriously. I mean, he's a 19, 20-year-old kid anyway. Um, but if I said to you, go and have three months off, I'll call you when I need you, and then come and I don't know, plaster this wall or something like that. <laughs> I'd, I'd be surprised if you produce your best work. <laughs> yeah, I'm not very good at plastering. Um, I was gonna say because I was about to make a furlough joke, and then you went plastering, and I was like, oh, I can't really go for it now. Um, I think it's <laughs> I just would... a bit. I'd love nothing more than to see you do DIY. It would be no, it would be hilarious. I'm actually all right when it comes to DIY. To be fair, because I've got the jumpers, haven't I? <laughs> like you know, I'm in my fish. I'm well, in have my you, fishing. Have you knitted them? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is that what you mean by DIY, Rich? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it is. It was a very much just kind of alluded to the stark reality behind. We've got a really good first 11 and even though we've got players back that drop off between the i guess the a team and the b team isn't quite there and the trade-off between and and we had it under nuno didn't we that the positives you get for a consistent lineup week in week out for 10 weeks or whatever it drops off because then you've had players who've barely played for 10 weeks and i'm not saying that you know, Man City have got it right or whatever, where, you know, they rotate, you know, half their team every other week to get fresh players in. But you don't notice that drop off. And Wolves can't afford to do it because of the size of the club they are and having people who always want to, you know, if you're not playing, you don't want to be at a club, do you? Yeah. And it, it's like, it, it's, it felt just like yesterday was just absolute melting pot of, anything that kind of isn't quite working with the system and the setup. And I don't think it's Bruno's fault to a degree. I don't think it's anyone's fault, frankly. I think just a cascade of events of the last month all kind of, you know, tipped over at the end. Mm. I mean, Man City, you get away with it because they do it, like you said, they do it all the time. So mm. you, you you are still building them relationships because you still get them every other week rather than every week. But if you do that over and over again, then you kind of get used to playing with certain players. And But kind of going back to the point I made earlier, to go from n- not doing that for six months to then doing it in the space of a week, two weeks. Yeah. It's never going it, to work. It, it was it's just throwing gonna... everything up in the air. No, it, it it was it wasn't. Um, I mean, we've not actually talked about West Ham's goal, which sort of summed oh, up man, do we have to? to be honest, didn't it? I mean, it, it took him until the fifty ninth minute. Uh, Thomas Suchek scored on his twenty seventh birthday. He's not twenty seven. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Are you telling me? He's a, he's a new years. Yeah. He's a check. He's a check twenty seven. Is he? <laughs> yeah. Um, like, you're telling me he's younger than me and you, Gully. 
I know it's quite depressing. Paper round him, frog. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that is, he's had a long paper round. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I mean, yeah, just for defending or again, it wasn't an individual error. It was like systematic throughout the pitch, just sloppiness at left, right, and centre. I, I don't know about you, but when you when Wolves get a throw in. I definitely don't feel like it's a promising situation ever. <laughs> even if we're even if we're in line with the penalty area, I'm not sitting there thinking, "Oh, we're about to create a chance from this." We just never seem to profit from it, and how easily they seem to get into the box off the back of, you know, having a thrown in that corner was alarming, to be honest. And then I love the um, Romain Sace kind of playing hide and seek with Socek, um, <laughs> like. He did. He did the same against Brentford, if you remember, um, where he lost him. Yeah. Um, he just okay, peekaboo, and like that was it. Just jumped out of nowhere. I, I, I'm not really sure what's going through his head there, to be honest. He's trying to anticipate where he, him probably dropping off for a cutback, but just opening the channel up for the cross. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, Stu. What what were your thoughts at the time? I mean, we all kind of mocked Liverpool when they brought that throwing coach in, but maybe we need to do it because you are right. I mean, that was one one thing as well. The first um, fell throw of the season that in the air. Uh, ben Johnson, was it? Yeah, I amazing. Think. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. never ever see it. He's like, oh, wow, it's a throwback. Um, Just to make a, a Ben Johnson joke, you should get him checked out for um, banned substances, shouldn't we? Yeah. There we go. Um, <laughs> How often yeah, do you reckon think... he has to put up with that joke? All the time. <laughs> Every day. Because he's really fast as well. Yeah. <laughs> when the, when, if you work with someone like that, you'd be putting like talc in a bag and put it in, in his locker every day, wouldn't you? He just would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, can you even get talc anymore? I know he's banned for a while, are he? Talc powder. Yeah, because he had like what? something. Like, like, I'm sure. Oh, I'm going to have to look what? this up because I said insane no, again. But... So, say it all the way through before you go to the internet, Stu. I thought it was banned because it had like like magnesium or something in it. Or like, asbe- like, like, like everything had asbestos in it, like the 60s. So like, yeah, you yeah, can definitely still... I'm telling you, you can definitely still buy talcum powder. If not, then whatever I've got in the nursery upstairs is worrying. <laughs> Johnson & Johnson withdrew its talc-based baby powder from sale in the US and Canada amid concerns of alleged links to cancer. So, we're okay. We're okay I'm, not here, I'm not here in UK. No? Mm. Of course we are. We do what we want here. It's freedom. Brexit, baby. That's all I'm going to say. That's the taking back control we were all after, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. 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 Talking back control? Uh, Old, old age women have breathed a huge sigh of relief. That's all I'll say. Um, something I found interesting post game was Bruno's thoughts, and we had a question from Twitter Corner, um, actually, which kind of loops in really nicely with from um, um, Wayne McKee. Uh, was what is wrong with her large James pass to press conferences? Um, talking absolute bullshit that we control games and wants us to continue that way. Um, have I missed something? Um, to give you the quote um, from Bruno himself, um, from the West Ham game, he said, it was a good performance. We played the way we wanted. We controlled the game with the ball. It was a good performance, but the way we conceded the goal was unbelievable. Also, we were playing against a strong team, Fabianski, 
um, one of the best in the world at stopping uh, to stop crosses. Um, do we <laughs> do we agree disagree? Are there parts that you know make a bit more sense than others in there? I mean, I, I think he's been possessed with Nuno this week. To be honest, <laughs> I was just about to say that. To be fair, it's right. At the <laughs> playbook. It's right at the Nuno playbook that is to be here. Yeah, I mean, the performance is going to back it up as well. I think we need to need an exorcism immediately. Um, <laughs> I don't get it. You've gone all season talking, speaking the truth, and whenever we've been beaten, like when, like when we've when he's wanted players and he's he's come out and kind of slagged Fausten out in public and. All of a sudden, he started talking from the Nuno playbook, and you think, why? Maybe we could, just because we've got players. I mean, it's, it's like frazzled his mind. I, it, I don't know where I don't know where it's come from. It, I think it, it pissed I me think, off. I think at our, at our best, we do control games without the ball very well. We 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 kind of funnel teams into positions that they don't want to be in and, and eventually we'll win the ball back and, and, and we're obviously very good defensively. Um, we're not been a team to really dominate the ball entirely. But when he says we control the game with the ball, I uh, did, that's the bit co- that confuses me. We controlled the second half with the ball because West Ham were more than happy to just basically sit on the edge of their box and say, Kurt Zuma, do you think? Um, like, because we weren't a threat in the final third. Uh, if If... That's I'm, I mean I'm clutching right now at what he might be getting at, but yeah, yeah I, I'm not really uh, seeing it. I was going to say overall we had more possession, uh, you know, sixty-one to thirty-nine. We, te- we technically had more shots from them, fourteen to thirteen. Just um, you know, they had four on target. We only had one. We had more corners, but honestly, did either of you think we actually were ever going to win that game or deserve to get at least a point? No, <laughs> not at all. I mean, we, we look how long it took to have a shot on target. That was the first save Fabian had to make all day. And it's it, yeah. he's good at crosses because all the balls were just floated to him. I mean, and the annoying thing for me with that is that we've basically become a team that doesn't cross the ball anymore. So if if you think oh. the keeper's great at stopping crosses, then I suggest you try a different route. <laughs> yeah, I I can't remember. This season, Wolves being a particularly effective team at crossing the ball, we don't get enough players into the box unless it's all, you know, it's usually developed so we win the second ball rather than you know winning the first. And Bruno said himself, if 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 Raul's head's broken like it basically is, um, and he's not going up for headed chances, then we're not going to score goals from crosses. Like he's quite he's quite clear on that, so that doesn't make too much sense to me. But yeah, I, th- I think. Games like that, and if you look at our record right now, this is we've drawn, I think, four games all season. Mm. Those kind of games are the ones you just want to basically stick in, basically shit all over the place, and get away with the point, and and, and that's it. Like just forget about it. Um, but we we didn't manage to do it. And like you, you've got you get a vibe from performance where you just know it's not it's not going well. It just wasn't going well during that game, and. To a certain extent, all you want to do, get what you can, and, and get on. What what did that Ian Holloway say with that that um, that quote about? Sometimes Forget a night out. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to pull a worldie. Just get in. You know, four out of ten. Get her back in the cab and take her home, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, hold on to your thought about drawing games as opposed to winning and losing them, because it will, will that will come up in the second half of the show. Um, <sighs> 
I, I almost don't want to do Man of a Match. Um, because we'll give it Fabio to piss people yeah. off. Yeah. Uh, well, not just to piss people off. I, I genuinely thought he was Man of the Match because he was the best it, of a. I mean, Saar didn't have anything well spectacular to do, and he didn't cock up again, which he didn't really cock up anyway against Arsenal. Like they talked about on Talk Sport today. Um, but yeah, I thought Fabio was did everything that was asked of him under ridiculous circumstances. So yeah, it's Fabio Silva, man of the match. No doubt. I'm happy with that too. I mean, my my shortlist was literally him or Saar. And I thought Saar was solid. And, you know, I didn't think he'd do much about the goal, but yeah. So there you go. At least Silva's got something out of the game then. As well as a hefty price tag still weighing Put him down. On the mantelpiece, Fabio. Yeah, exactly. Right. We're going to take a short break, guys. Uh, we'll be back after this to chat a little bit about February as a whole, what could have gone better, what could have, well, what didn't go well, and we're also going to look forward to March as well. We'll be back right after this. Hi, all. Gully from Wolves Fancast here, and just like all of you long-suffering Wolves fans, I know exactly what it feels like to be lacking a creative spark here, some outside-of-the-box thinking there, but our sponsors Pixel Yeti Media are here to help. They're a creative agency that cover all of your web design, branding and marketing needs with our very own WolvesFancast.com, a fine example of their work. So much so that I hear Jeff Shee is looking to do a deal this summer. For now, it's back to the team to ask just where the Diogo Jota money is gone. Hi, um, welcome back, everybody. So, we finally got through February. Um, I didn't quite realise how jam-packed it was until, like, looking back at it today, that we played six games um, during the shortest month of the year compared to next month, where I appreciate we've got an international break, but we've only got four games. Stu, I think me and you... Um, right back at the start of um, Feb, looks at the games we had coming up, um, and we're trying to do a bit of a points prediction on it. Overall, do you think Wolves did well points-wise in the month? Um, you know, it, it, exclude the cup game for now. Um, but do you think getting what was essentially six points from five games in the league against Arsenal twice, Spurs, Leicester and West Ham was good enough. It's exactly what I said. I said we get six points from the, from February. And it was, I, thought, I didn't think we'd do it that way. I thought we'd, we'd win one, draw three and we lose one, but still exactly the same amount of points. Um, so it, it doesn't surprise me at all now. Uh, I think probably on balance of how we performed, especially in the last... The last three games, then three points is more than six points is more than fair. Yeah. So, Gully, back to your point you made before the break about drawing, and we're a bit of a dual die team, aren't we? That we we don't like to draw games. We live by the sword, we die by the sword. I'll stop using um, old sayings now. Do you think that sort of killed us? If, if we're talking, this is sort of going to be a season season defining month. The fact that we didn't, you know, six points against teams that are around us in the table, I think is solid. But the fact we ended up losing three of them and winning two has almost gone against us if we'd have 
done what Stuart suggested and won one, drawn three and lost one, we'd have had the same amount of points. But I think the table would have shaped up a lot differently. Yeah. Yeah, like you say, it's 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 the games against Arsenal that you probably look at um, that were very finely balanced. Um, maybe not necessarily on the balance of play, but in terms of the way they went um, going 1-0 down against Arsenal at home, down to 10 men and, and throwing the kitchen sink, to be fair, at them without really creating anything of note. Um, we probably feel like we should have got a little bit more out of that and got a little bit more out of our attacking players, I think, on that night. And then having been one up away, that was a bit of a gut-wrencher. So, yeah, regrets around those two performances in particular. I don't think you can necessarily point too many fingers at the West Ham game because it was just a bit of a shower of shite. Um, But those two in particular, like you say, where Arsenal have gained six points on us, that's killed us a little bit. And it's, I mean, people talk about aiming for positions and, 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 you know, you know, going for Europe and all these kind of things. The only influence you can have on teams around you is the games that you play against them. Uh, and we've let ourselves down there, to be honest. Yeah, I think that, that's sort of my thinking in terms of how the points end up getting played out because it, it kind of reminds me of the old sort of Fergie methodology when it came to try win championships where he was always like, Beat everyone in the bottom half twice. Get that done. Get your six points off all of them. That gives you 60 points. You don't have to win against the likes of Arsenal and Chelsea. You just don't want to lose to them. And that was sort of my thinking a lot of the last, you know, well, eight days at Wolves um, with with the build-up of games we had. The... It, it was a case of so many of games we just didn't want to lose. And fair play, we got wins, big wins against the likes of Spurs. Especially, you know, the Spurs went off the back of losing to Arsenal the first time round. But, yeah, it's it's frustrating because you can see they're all close games, score-wise. The, so, the, the margins are so fine. They are. And, uh, I mean, it, it, it brings... To my attention, this um, I don't know if you follow the other fourteen on uh, on Twitter, which um, always pulls up a load a load of stats um, around everyone outside of the top six, and they've got a baseline tracker table. Um, I can't explain exactly how it works right now off the top of my head, but I did read about it, and um, we're top of it um, because okay. again, games against the other fourteen right now, we are performing the best out of the lot. Um, by some distance as well, by the looks of it. So when you think about fixtures that are coming up and uh, the way we performed, especially away from home against against the teams that I always say we're expected to beat, but we look like we might, you know, fancy our chances against, then we, we shouldn't be too pessimistic about it. I don't think at this point. No, I think that, that kind of loops in nicely to a question we had for Twitter corner from Hungry Like Wolf, who I've, um, I'm assuming it's the same one who's um, regular commenter on our YouTube page as well said how many of the fancasters live the bipolar matched life lifestyle um, rather than a bigger view judging periods like February and March I mean Stu only because I know you're probably out of the three of us here the most 
reactionary out of the three of us. How do you kind of view it? Do you look at the last month or you or the last kind of couple of games, I guess? Well, if they can constantly talk about match by match, then we can react match by match. I don't think that's been that's been bipolar. You just say it as you see. Um, you can do both. I mean, we're like, like we've literally just said. I mean, start start of February, we looked at as it as a whole. We got the points total that I thought we'd get. It's uh, and but you look back, you can't look at games over a block period because unless you're rotating like we have in the last four days which completely failed, <laughs> um, then you could kind of judge it. But I don't think it makes much sense to say, oh, yeah, because we got Palace and then we plan to the next game. It's just you, ju- you just react to what you see in front of you, and that's kind of... If we did a monthly podcast, then fine. You'd react over a month, wouldn't you? But I think it's it's not bipolar to say, oh, yeah, we, we, just because we were we were bad last week that we, and we have to judge it as a month of the whole. Nah, not for me. Well, I was going to say, I, I, I quite... I... A phrase I heard um, a, I think it was an American footballer, football pundit, whoever, say, use the phrase prisoners of the moment, which I love. <laughs> because we all, we all like it, don't, don't get me wrong, to a degree. And I think, again, because we've kind of got the opportunity to look back at February as a whole, I remember that Leicester City show we did. And the thing that was so startling about that is, I remember just going away from saying, you know what? I think it was you, Gunny. You went, we didn't actually play very well there, did we? And, but, you know, that, but, but I, I think, I, I, I think I also said on that same podcast, you know what? It's happening. You're killing me. I'm pretty sure if you listen back, I got looking at the maths and the league table and all the, the ramifications and I was sitting there going, <laughs> Hey, look, if Nuno left us with one thing, he left us with the phrase, dreaming is for free. And if we can't do that at this point in time, as a Wolves fan, given our history, I think, you know, you must be a miserable bastard if, you, if you're not going to you know, get a little bit excited about these things. Yeah. Um, as I say, before we go, go on to March, let's have a look at our table sort of stacking up now. We've still got our game in hand from Watford. Um, which is kind of, I guess, the game that we still need to play to catch up with the likes of West Ham. There's now a five-point gap between us and West Ham now, um, even with a game um, when Wolves have got a game in hand. Looking at the table now, where do you think Wolves will finish? Do we think there's any chance that we'll finish in the Champions League? Let's... You know, that's that's that, that's the top of where we could finish, isn't it? Do we think we've got any realistic chance of finishing there? No. <laughs> Not a chance in hell. Did did we ever? Not really. If I think it's it's like I said a few weeks ago that it's it's all well and good us going on a decent run, but you you're looking at teams who never drop points, dropping points, and more than one of them doing that. Um so I think it was it was a tall ask. And it, it was, you can dream for free all you want, but you always wake up to a nightmare. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you sound there's like that, every, there's, every there's, that <laughs> there's that miserable bastard I was referring to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I think, <laughs> weirdly, you look at the teams above us, 
I don't know. He's saying I don't know who you're referring to that of teams that aren't dropping points very often because the likes of Man United are there, the likes of Spurs are there, Arsenal are on their way to becoming a good side, I think, um, but they're still not quite there. Um, and West Ham, I, I I I don't see West Ham sustaining it because of their their squad size and relying on players consistently. I, I, I just don't think they're that good. Um, I don't. That doesn't mean I think we're going to finish top four. I, th- I think. For me, we want to be aiming for 60 points. That's an improvement on anything we've done so far with this team. Um, and where that lands us is is anybody's guess, really. I think it's top seven, generally speaking. Um, but that's a realistic aim. 20 points over the course of the last 12 games. That's, that shouldn't be out of our reach. Um, so let's just look at it that way. Um, I mean... You, you don't trust the teams above us to really, really go go and stretch, you know, the the, the gap. I, I don't know. Man United in fourth on 47. I don't sit there and think, you know what, don't even think about it anymore. Because it's Man United. It's Man United. They're terrible. But that was, that was my point, though. If it was just them, then fine. But it's relying on all four of them above us to not drop any points in us gain no... Well, well, could be four points on them if we if we beat Watford, um, which again is perfectly doable. But I just don't see that many teams dropping that many points and us going on a run, uh, well, a run of champions to um, to make more than sixty points. I just don't see. I think the good the good thing that we we can see at this point though is the daylight between us and ninth. Like that's that should be that should be seen as a positive. Especially yeah. with the way we entered the season, because we weren't we weren't feeling hopeful about it. Um, so, yeah, and Southampton are on a good run of form. They're playing well, and they're still within a couple a couple of results away from us. So, um, I was going to say yeah. the two points I, you've leaded on really nicely, actually, Gilly, because I think in terms of looking up, I think the goal difference is a very big indicator of league position as much as anything else. And we're on the same amount as Spurs, I think it is, but everyone else is markably higher um but actually you look behind us and we've got five points and the goal difference bump would Wolves finishing eighth if, if the season sort of rides out in you know i guess numerical fashion and we finish eighth would we class that as a as a good first season under bruno or would we feel it as a missed opportunity I still think any a top half finish should be a great achievement after what he's had to deal with. Hadn't tied behind his back all season long. Half the squad being injured at one point or another. It was an already tiny squad anyway. Um, having to adapt his usual system to the play, like he said, to the players that he's got here. Um, so all said and done, I, th- I still think top half would be an amazing achievement and much better and better than I thought we'd do. I do think that we should just kind of accept the fact that we are a team that plays on fine margins. So there are going to be results that just kind of go here or there. And I think Bruno's accepted the fact that we're going to have to play this way and ride it out to the end of the season and basically Hmm. just be like, okay, fine. This is what the team's used to. This is what they're good at. And you know what? We'll get some results here. We won't get some results there. It's just a better case of making sure we're on the right side of it more often than not. And that's why we're not going out and scoring loads of goals. It's why we're trying to keep clean sheets in every single game that we're playing. I'm not sitting here expecting us to go and, and you know, 
bludgeoning a load of goals um, for the second half of this season. And to be fair, everyone keeps saying it. Oh, we haven't. They keep looking at the figure overall since January. We have picked up in that regard. We are scoring more goals. It's it's getting better, but this team is good at keeping them out. It's not good at scoring them. So if you want to finish well this season, Bruno doesn't want to go reckless with it. He could, and I'd love to see it, to be fair, because I think that'd be quite fun. Um, but until he can then uh, set up his team with a back four and an extra forward at the top end of the pitch, I think we're just going to manage our way through and see where we go. Well, looking at the games we've got coming up in March, um. I'm feeling quite positive about the next four games. Um, don't know about you guys. Pat Palace at home. Um, but I was going to say, oh, I completely messed up. And I was going to say we're playing Watford away. No, it's, it's Palace at home, Watford at home, Everton away, and then Leeds at home for the first four games in March. I mean, not to sound too mental. Got to be aiming for 12 points, surely. <laughs> You know what happens when it's all, all it's the easy month. It never works like that ever. And what after what Palace did to us at their place when they absolutely battered us and started to finish and pressed us all over the pitch. If he if he lines up with a with a midfield two again, then I, I can't see anything other than the same thing happening again. Especially with the form of Zahara and Elise now as well. It's that's the one I, I think we drop points at. Watford are shit beyond beyond bad. Um, Everton. We ain't got a great record there, but they're not no great shakes either, are they, this season? Um, and Leeds with the new manager bounce, which you'd think it'd still be kind of there then. So it's going to be, it'll be tougher for in three of them games than you think it would be on paper. I they're think tough games, aren't they? I mean, I'm, you know. We're going to go cliche, Sam. There is no such thing as an easy game in the Premier yeah. League, unless it's Watford. Um, but. Um, now, in, in all seriousness, it, there really isn't. But I feel like it's the kind of run of fixtures we could do with at this point in time. Um, you know, where we can build a bit of a superiority complex against these teams because we have better players. We have a better manager. We're at higher up in the league. We've played well for the majority of the season. These are the games where you've got to try and impose yourself on these teams. And I think... Palace away will have learned a lot from that game and Bruno we know is a meticulous guy he'll understand where their strengths lie and where he can probably pick a few holes it's almost they're, they're, they might be a victim of their success in that regard um, Watford I, I mean famous last words but I just don't see how they would beat us really they've got I mean, to be fair, Ishmael Asar and uh, Emmanuel Dennis are pretty good players, but you've got to trust our defence in that situation. I think you trust our defence to keep teams out. Frank Lampard, don't trust him to put a, put a team together that's going to stop stop conceding goals. So I see us going there and doing a bit of a job on him, come away with a one nil, typical of the Bruno era. And and Leeds, I think I just think Leeds, are, in terms of their squad. I think it's a championship team that Bielsa's kind of lifted to another level based on their mental way of playing. Um, I can't see another manager coming in and getting that group of players to be a competent Premier League team. I, I can't see it if, you, if you're really asking me. like They're just not that good. 
No, that back that back four slash five with the goalkeeper is not yeah, of, of Premier League ilk. It, it reminds me of Bournemouth. Of a, you know, it was held together, you know, with paper clips and blue tag. But as soon as like it slightly comes apart, you're just gonna get ripped to shreds. And you know, that's what's happening. That's what's happened to Leeds in the last month. Rafinha's in for a tough second half of the season, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I remember what Russ said about Rafinha. Do you agree with him now? Oh my god. Are you joking me? <laughs> you are you you just said he? No, he's he's good as in he's gonna be carrying that team like entirely, but he's gonna to have to do a lot more of the, of the lifting than he has been up to this point. And we're gonna point out as well the Leeds did a number on us at Ellen Road as well. In the same did, to be fair. Yeah, so, to be fair. But again, new managing new system. If you are right, I mean they're there because of Bielsa, and they're probably gonna get down because of Bielsa as well. But the um the some of the parts are shit. Let's <laughs> let's be honest, they are mm. still. And they, they are it's very much um a McCarthy era at the end where the, the players were had overachieved massively. You can only do that for certain so long, can't you? So Yeah. I mean, out of those next four games then. How many points do you think Wolves are going to get? Bearing in mind, and, and no no pressure on this, Gully, and I won't pick it on you because you mentioned it. If, if the aim is to get to 60 points, so that's an extra 20 points, that's six, uh, six wins, two draws, I think we'd need to get to that. So would these be four of those six for you? I think, I think you go for, you get, I think you pick up 10 points here. I think, genuinely. And I'll be pleased with that. More than happy with that. Stu, how about you? How many points do you think we're going to get? Um, beat Watford. That's that. That one's a given. <laughs> Not beating Watford is unacceptable. There's no excuse for that. Um, is it really then, a seven thirty kickoff? Wait, yeah. Can, yeah, can exactly I just ca- can I just caveat my point very quickly? As long as he plays Pedence. <laughs> would you are you saying that like for any game upcoming that you're happy as long as we play Pedence oh as in like I'm just happy to see him just watch yeah. yeah yeah that's my imaginary three points there just just seeing the man's <laughs> name on the team sheet um, no I just think he's the key to us getting getting results yeah. I really do yeah yeah so I mean so there's your three against Watford and then it's either it's either a win against a win and a draw against Everton and Leeds or two draws. I just can't I just can't see us getting as many points as we hope that we should do. I mean, I'm already I'm already taking the fact that Palace will beat us. That's just big. I've just got a bad feeling about that game. I don't know why. Um, but seven, I'd say seven, and being optimistic. Yeah, I really wanted to do a gully and go, oh, we'll win three and draw one. I think I'm going to go seven as well, but I don't quite know where we'll drop the points. I think that's the weird thing that they've all got on paper. Yeah, we're we're eight from the league. We should be winning all of these games, particularly against, you know, Watford, Everton, Leeds are all battling relegation. Um, 
but at the same time, you see it happen. Yeah, I, I'm going to go. For, I'll go seven. I think, um, and you know, it gets us part of the way there, doesn't it? Or we'll do the cover. I think what Stuart you referred to as classic Wolves lose to Palace, have a meltdown that we've lost three games on the spin, and then we should, you know, we kind of grind out a win against Watford, play exceptionally well at Everton, beat them three 0 and then grind out a one 0 win against Leeds, and it's like, oh well, we're just, you know, back on. It's just, really, you know, it's really weird. Pack. Like Thursday, Sundays, like they're either unbelievable or they're an absolute tragedy. Mm. Um, <laughs> And I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm leaning towards the unbelievable because we're gonna get a nice little win at home on the Thursday at Watford, go all happy, happy clappy up to Goodison Park, and then just turn up and and roll them over as well. But it could quite easily be nervy, shitty little Molyneux losing at one nil to Watford, and then we turn up at Goodison and and Frank Lampard's Everton. Mm-hmm turn us over like it, it feels like it could be 50 15 yeah. sense but. yeah i mean i know we can guarantee that the atmosphere will be absolutely atrocious against watford <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i think it, it, it will need a lot to get us up for that game i get the feel um right shall we round off some questions from twitter corner right um this one wasn't actually from twitter corner um it was from email corner um, but it's from Caitlin in Richmond, Virginia. Hello, Fancast crew. I'm a Wolves fan from the States, which is an isolating enough experience. But after a disappointing pair of games we've just had, I feel the full force of the lonely wait for our next chance to pick up points. What's the most Wolverhampton way to cope with these dull teams? <laughs> Look, you know, always a highlight of the week. <laughs> um, what's, yeah. the War- what's the Wolverhampton way to... Get through it. Apart from you know talking to two other people on a the day after a game for an hour about it, drink. <laughs> <That's> yeah, <it. laughs> I mean she's definitely a wolf. I mean I guess any football fan. As soon as you lose, you want a game like within three yeah. hours just to get get it out of your system, don't you? But um, no, I'm going to complete all the way. I mean, well, normally I mean I I don't know how I managed to watch match day two last night after that. Yeah. Normally I wouldn't bother until like Wednesday or whatever, but. I, I thought, well, I'll, I'll put a bit of Quest on. Let's cheer myself up there. And I'll Pat Nevin, Pat Nevin on Cocoms on Quest. There the, you go. Uh, That's a treat. Carabao oh, Cup highlights. And that kind of rejuvenated me, hearing his happy little voice. And then <laughs> seeing, um, seeing Ali McCoy's to, uh, at Borough Market today. <laughs> <laughs> and you kind of think, oh, okay, now I'm back. And now I'll listen to the Totally Show as well. And I'm back in this week. But normally, I'd, I'd sulk and I'd do something else. Oh, and man. I wouldn't watch any football. I mean, I'll be getting battered again, which is fun um, tonight. So... Now I'm back into it, but ordinarily it'd be take my mind off it completely and watch something else. Go and watch Peacemaker; that'll cheer you up. It's not Wolverhampton just, at all, but yeah, I was going to say the Wolverhampton way is probably to just embrace it and be a miserable prick for a week um, until you turn up, get your chance to have a moan at them again, and then hopefully <laughs> moan them into playing well, which is which is what works, isn't it? Isn't that what happens at Molyneux? Exactly. We, we whinge and whinge and whinge, and then all of a sudden the players start playing well, don't they? Yeah, and they play well because of the whinging, whether it's Absolutely. online or at the ground, where they can hear your specific criticisms of their, you know, elite. It's entirely productive. All yeah. that stuff, all that talk about, oh, pull, lump it forward, don't go backwards, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> play as a team. 
yeah, yeah, all of that. Yeah. I love that. The players love yeah. that. I, I, I've heard it. Uh, you know, especially like the comments and I'm guessing direct messages on social media as well. I can imagine they really appreciate it. Um, right. A uh, double question from Bradders, who's a regular contributor. Um, what do you think Bruno saw in the West Ham loss that made him happier than when, uh, than when he was beat, when, than when he was, when we beat Leicester? There we go. I mean, we can't cover that bit in the show, but it seemed a bit of just odd. The don't think either performance was great against Leicester or West Ham, but it seems, yeah, it might have just been doing it for for players or something. I don't know. Yeah, um, very Mourinho thing to do, eh? protecting yeah. the players after a shit performance like that, especially the ones that have come in and and, and not played much. I yeah, guess. yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 might be it. To be fair, because he knows they've been on hiding for nothing, and a lot of them haven't had a lot of game time. Um, Maybe I haven't done Bruno enough credit in the first half of the show. So anyone who stopped listening half an hour ago, um, you won't hear this part. But yeah, there we go. We finally we finally worked it out an hour in. Um, the other part, other question was Erling Haaland agrees to join Wolves if one of the fan cast crew gives him an unforgettable night out in Wolverhampton. Which one of you does it? Where do you take him, Stu? Why is it? <laughs> it wouldn't be me. I don't go out. I don't know. I, um, I feel like I feel like Kim could give Kim, uh, yeah. oh. Kim, Kim a good good talk. Well, yeah, she, she she's uh, careful how you phrase this. Yes. <laughs> Kim's a big drinker. <laughs> Kim, no. Kim is um, Kim is setting around her only fans site up soon, people. So uh, <laughs> Jesus, get ready for that. Christ, we can't um, get, yeah, but we can't Kim Kim knows that, more. Dude. Kim knows better places than me. I mean, it'd be. Drink mild and get to the Gifford, wouldn't it? Or go to Planet. <laughs> that's not, that's not a legitimate answer. Kim Kim is more cultured than we are, so yeah, yeah, probably. But I do think Erling Haaland is the kind of bloke who would rather just like take over a kids' football match or something, like <laughs> going on in, in a park somewhere and just eat a football, and then just probably I don't know watch something online at home like the freaking South American Premier League or something like that like just just he's just an absolute robot isn't he I mean I can see him I think you're more likely going to see him sitting on the throne at a Gifford than you are sipping a cocktail in you know Parisian yeah in a Parisian he'd fill that throne as well yeah He'd love it. He'd love a photo in that phone, wouldn't he? He wouldn't post it on social media. It would like to be a background on his phone. He's the only person who would look appropriately sized in it. Yeah. He'd get the throne pregnant rather than the other way around. (laughs) 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 What a myth. What a myth. (laughs) We can, but only guess. Um, Right. Next up. not so much a question, more of an observation from uh, King Wolf. There is actually a question in here. Um, I- I'll go through the middle bit first. Um, but whilst it was a bad week for a men's uh, first team um, as a holistic uh, club, the whole club are in a positive place with women's team dominating, if you're under 18s through to the semi-final, etc. Should we hold back from our overall judgment until the end of the season? No. This is kind of like the question from before, though, ain't it? Where do you kind of take a broader view of things, or is it a a bipolar to react in the moment? And 
you can do both. I mean, you, we'll talk about the whole season overall when it's over. Yeah, the the, mm. the 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 answers in the question is the overall judgment will obviously come at the end of the season, but at this point in time, we're more than happy to absolutely cry our eyes out on a podcast about the fact that we've just lost to West Ham. So. Yeah, I think, and actually, you know what? I've, en- I've enjoyed doing the, you know, month review and the month preview the last couple of, well, since the turn of the year, because I think that's an adequate amount of time to mm. review, a, review a series of fixtures without it feeling too... Um, you know, too reactionary, but also we have to react to the end of game because sometimes you can be crap for 90 minutes and you need has to it, say it. It just, just because you played well the week before. Has it already marched, by the way? Like, I know. Yeah. Where's that come from? Jesus. It's upsetting. Well, look at the other way. You could have get 46 points from 34 games in the championship as they are now. <laughs> Playing a game more than Luton Town and being eight points behind them. <laughs> that is bonkers. How far have they done caught done fall? But don't worry, they did beat us a decade ago by a lot. You know, don't don't forget that's Stu. No. Can never it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Right. Last question uh from Ash Dolan. Do we all have Stockholm syndrome? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, as for continuous abuse, uh, this club gives us his borderline unfair. Um, and also, what's your favorite flavor of Starburst? Maybe that's what it is because we're all empathizing with Bruno, aren't we? Now, like, oh, poor Bruno, look at him yeah. with his lack of players, small squad. Let's give him another oh. season, Jeff. Sort it out, Jeff. He needs, he needs six more transfer windows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, cool. you can only judge him in 2025 and onwards. Calling tagging Fosen International and saying, "Come on, you cowards, back him." <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I've done for the last two transfer windows. Whoever picks up the social media, there is thinking, <laughs> "What is this guy a disgruntled holiday maker in club medals?" <laughs> yeah. like that, like, or is it uh, sort of pharmaceutical inquiries? Someone had a reaction to one of our drugs, or no? It, no, it's a Wolves fan. I feel it's very uh, when it comes to Fosun and Wolves. I feel it's very Thirty Rock esque, um, where it's like they're a shine hot wig company of of it all, and you know. Walls of this really low down subsidiary, but because we're so emotionally invested, in, we think that you know everybody in Fosun International HQ, all they are talking about is walls twenty four seven, not the hundreds of other you know businesses in their portfolios. Um, but the more important question was flavor of Starburst, guys, because I've got purple on ones. Nah. Um, purple, purple or red, one or, one or the other. Because I, I used to, I used to take green. them all out the wrapper and line them up, and then do what did you? Have? No, so I'd have the, I'd leave the best till last. So I'd have the purple and red ones. Why did you take the them out the wrapper though? Yeah, because they're already the, wrapped up in the wrapper. They're all coordinate colours. <laughs> they, they are, the they are specifically there to protect them. Like, <laughs> yeah, so you you'd put you'd, un, you'd take the outer shell out. Put that on the table and then unwrap them individually, so you ain't gonna put. 
mess about preparing it all like a meal and then you'd eat it in in color coordination order you've you've exposed them to the elements for no reason like well they're not going to last for very long are they you'd eat eat the rappers in like minutes no but why would you eat the whole thing in minutes who eats them in in minutes they're not squashies if you <laughs> you open <laughs> if I open something, it's like, it's look at the size of me. If I open something, it's not gonna be saved for later. They're gonna be Honestly, The more I look at Stu, the more he looks like Den Donker in his retirement, like having that go <laughs> like, himself a little bit. Like. But why do you want I don't, see my, my sort of thought on this is I don't think any flavour is ridiculously superior to the rest, and it works because you get the mixture of different flavours. Now, I don't quite understand the need to reorder all of them. Do you only do that with Starburst? Do you do it with fruit pastels as well? Do you do it with wine gums? Surely I'm, it's I'm, bore, I'm it's going down a rabbit hell. hole here. It's boring as hell having all the same flavours at the end. Just yeah. that, surely. No, because it's like it's like how you eat a beef dinner. Like if you eat a roast, like mm. I'll always make sure there's more meat at the end than anything else. You just leave the meat. No, I, I have a bit of meat. I was going to have it in order. Like so you, meat, you have roast, having, carrots, peas. I eat my food in a very specific order. For Are you having egg. like pure vegetarian bites, like in between? Like, yeah, and then I'm I'm sick inside because I'm I'm not eating. I'm in a carnivore. Um, for yeah, some reason, a, I'm on Team Stew here. I, 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 on roast dinners, I'm on st- Team Stew. That I will eat all my vegetables. All my potatoes, then I'll eat all the meat. And I know it's weird. I can't quite get behind because it's all in the plate in front of me. But surely, yeah, I'm not that in bad. A packet, you can. To be fair, surely, like, you uh, I mean, look, I mean, I'll, I'll cut you guys some slack. Generally speaking, European food is the Europe is the only place on the planet where basically you don't just chuck something in the pot and make it a curry. So you know what? If that's how you want to eat your food. <laughs> That's how you guys eat your food. Us, us Asians and us, us South Americans and, and the rest of the world who are on on, a, on the right planet, um, we'll do the right thing. So you look like when we were for the curry last week. I, if you were watching me, well, when you want tapping your trousers and drying yourself, for God's um, sake, don't even start this. Still, we moved I, on. I, my trousers are literally hanging here. Still, I haven't even picked them up off the clothes horse. <laughs> but I always leave a bit of chicken till the last. So I just do. So I don't know, just shovel it all in. Yeah. But then there's chicken. I don't mind that. The numbers. See? I don't mind it was that. similar okay. principle. But yeah, so fruit pastels is the same. Fruit pastels, with oh. the, the red and the purple ones, are always last. It's colours. Well, it's like a traffic light of flavour. <laughs> but I'm not going to edit the audio, but that silence could have genuinely gone <laughs> for 10 seconds. That's fascinating. <laughs> Stu, yet again... I, it's logical. There's so there's so many it's strands so to Stu's life <laughs> that just fascinate, like genuinely. You do every. You feel, I feel like you do everything in a unique way. Is that is that? Is, that, <laughs> is there anything you do normally? <laughs> oh, we um, talked about you going to the toilet and stuff, haven't we? Standing, standing up, standing up. <laughs> uh, uh, <from> a height. <laughs> standing up to wipe. Is that is that you as well? Yeah, well, yeah, because that makes that makes perfect sense. <laughs> <sighs> and we'll do with this is staining we'll do a poll properly like we've like we've been better so you've done this now you've put this out into the public i've said this for years that we should have a proper poll on twitter <laughs> if you wipe standing 
or sitting or slash squatting, and now it's going to have to happen. And it's all your fault, Gunny. Oh. And then Jafar and Tom and Tom are going to have to join this farce, and we're going to have to get their opinions. We're going to turn him away from the podcast, aren't we? Well, I was going to say, we've only, yeah. they've done so well with a few pods they've been on as well. Uh, well, well, I feel like oh. that's probably before on we get paid away. Note. <laughs> yeah, a good point to end the show. But do keep an eye out for our socials at Wolves Fancast for any interesting polls that may or may not come out in the next coming days. Um, it's, it's at Wolves Fancast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Big shouts out to 90 Min Football Network and also to our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. Uh, we will be back uh, to preview the Palace game um, later this week. And until then, it's goodbye from Gully. See you guys. It's goodbye from Stu. See you later. And it's goodbye from me. See you next time. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC.